0: Hello, this is Paulina B. You are listening to episode number 11 of my weekly show. Today I want to talk about the concept of a sprint. It comes from the agile project management methodology. I first saw it being used in a startup I worked for years ago. I saw the power of short-term planning and how fruitful it can be if implemented strategically. Back then I decided to find a way to adopt this idea of a sprint for my personal life. Today, I want to share what happens when you choose to ignore the conventional productivity advice and focus on something completely different instead. Welcome to the Monthly Method Podcast. This is a show for solopreneurs, creators, and artists who have a burning desire to launch a project. This is for a project that is not urgent, but truly important. The one your best life depends on. Your host, Paulina B, is a certified Scrum Master. She brings a proven record of launching successful projects, both professional and personal. You will hear about tested techniques that lead to calm, consistency, and results. Stay tuned to turn your idea into reality one month at a time. I think I should first explain how a sprint works in scrum teams. A sprint is a short time-boxed period when a scrum team works to complete a set of amount of work. Sprints are the very heart of Scrum and Agile methodologies. A product development team selects a fixed length of time for which they plan their activities. It is often somewhere between two and six weeks. Let's say a team decided that their sprint length will be three weeks, and then they plan the tasks they can complete in the next three weeks. Again, they only focus on what they can do in the next three weeks. There is no major long-term plan in place, because these plans never work. The team selects a limited number of tasks, they put them in a visible place, and log them in. It means they don't add anything new to the list until the sprint is over. I talked more about the power of locking in your tasks in episode number 6, called Product Backlog for Personal Productivity. It covers another Scrum concept called a Product Backlog and how you can use it for your personal productivity. Okay, let's get back to the sprint idea. All the goals, all the metrics, all the effort are scheduled for the next sprint only. The team sprints for three weeks. They get as much of the selected tasks done as possible. If they are working on an app, they build new features. Then they pause, they review, they ship their work to the world and see the feedback that they get from real customers. Yes, their product is not perfect when they ship it, but they want to see the real feedback about the features they've built. And based on this new set of knowledge, based on the real feedback and not their assumptions, they decide on what to focus on next. Now, let's compare it with the traditional operational approach you see in most workplaces. Let's say a company wants to launch a new app. They would spend several months creating the perfect plan. It might be the plan for the next year, or two, or even five. They make it look nice, they email it to the entire company, they set up a bunch of meetings to talk about the plan and its execution, they go through hundreds of revisions after several months. Months the plan is finalized and signed. After they start implementing the plan, it becomes clear that they didn't account for a bunch of things. And what happens next? There are more meetings, more documents, more revisions. It is not a surprise that no one can ever meet the deadlines listed on this document. It's stressful, it's a waste of time, and why is that? Because people bought into the idea of long-term planning. It might have worked in the 19th century, but nowadays the world is changing so fast. These long-term plans are almost never accurate. I hope you now understand the difference between the traditional corporate culture and Scrum Agile culture. The first one tries to create the long-term plan for creating the perfect product. People waste a bunch of time on this perfect plan only to find out that the plan is not accurate the moment they actually start executing on it. The second approach embraces the idea of short-term planning and constant feedback loop for product development. Scrum teams are okay to pivot as much as possible, if this is what the real world and their real customers are wanting. So, this is what I discovered when working for a startup early on in my career it was incredible to see the speed at which new features got built. Another thing that amazed me is how little time was spent on useless meetings under Scrum product development framework. Sprints brought the intensity of focus and execution. I loved it. Seeing all that, I had decided to implement this idea for my personal productivity. This turned out to be not as easy as I thought. Not because the approach was not effective, not at all. It was difficult because because it was the opposite of what I've been hearing all my life. All the productivity experts talked about long-term planning, that you should always have a 5-year goal for yourself. I've never heard anyone mention the benefits of a short-term time frame. And because it was so different from the popular advice, it felt very counterintuitive. I'll be honest, it took me a few years to fully embrace this approach for my life. This means I understand you might be very skeptical when I say to embrace sprint planning instead of traditional long-term planning. It's not what you hear every day. And I'm not here to convert everyone to short-term planning. I just want to showcase how it helped my own productivity and how I've been using it to complete different projects, different difficulty, and in different areas of my life. My sprints are three weeks long. I work hard for three weeks, and then I take a week off to take it easy, to recharge, reflect, and plan my next sprint. I only do maintenance work during my fourth week, the bare minimum so to speak. This allows me to have shorter days and more time to myself. Taking it easy during the last week of every month gives me energy to do a lot of work during the next three weeks during my next sprint. So, when I plan my sprint, I select three goals in three areas of my life. Three goals for career and growth, three goals for health and key relationships, three goals for the quality of life. This involves my hobbies, travels, leisure, upgrading my home environment, etc. Basically, anything that makes my life now, not one day when, more enjoyable. It makes nine goals in total for each sprint. Then, I log them in. I don't add anything new to the list. I might remove some stuff if it is no longer relevant, but I don't add or change goals. I commit to making as much progress on those goals as possible. So far, you might say, okay, it's great, but not so much different. Where is the magic? The magic happens during the sprint. Let's take one example from my last a few sprints. I wanted to try intermittent fasting. I've heard many great things about it. I've seen what it can do to people's health, and I thought it might be great for me too. In fact, I've tried intermittent fasting two times before and I always failed. That was before I embraced the sprint planning. So, this makes it a really good example of why the very same activity failed under the traditional goal setting technique and worked under the sprint planet. Back in December 2020, I decided to try intermittent fasting under the sprint planet. I wanted to start slow, so I thought 14 to 10 split would be a great place to start for the first three weeks. It means I wanted to fast 14 hours a day. 14 hours multiplied by 21 days is 294 hours. Let's round it down to 290 hours. So, one of my goals for the December Sprint was to fast for 290 hours in total. So, what happened? Week 1. I am full of enthusiasm. Things are easy. I am excited. I watch a bunch of videos on the beauty and benefits of intermittent fasting. I am all in. I have my rose tinted glasses on. Week 2. The novelty wears off. I don't see any results yet. Things are hard. I want to give up. And this is where the true magic happens. This is when I tell myself I only have to do it for 3 weeks after that, I can stop doing it without any regrets. I can go back to eating whenever I want and I can forget altogether about intermittent fasting for the rest of my life. When I was operating under the conventional productivity advice, my mind would always go into this gloomy place. It would ask me questions. Do I have to do it forever? There is no way I can live like that for the rest of my life. My brain would use words such as "all." Always, never the rest of my life. As you can see, it was very black and white thinking. And from that place where you think you need to do something that seems hard at the moment for the rest of your life, it is practically impossible to convince yourself not to give up. No wonder my previous intermittent fasting attempts have failed. So, in week 2, when the motivation wears off, all I need to do to convince my brain to keep going is to tell that I only need to do it for 3 weeks and If I decide to stop after that, I have my full permission to do that. You'll be surprised how cooperative your brain becomes when there is a clear deadline for when the hardship will stop. By the end of week 3, I start seeing the first results. In this case, my genes fit much better, I woke up much easier, I could focus on my work for longer, I felt great. Plus, I was more or less used to the activity, it almost became a habit, it didn't seem as hard hard as it seemed in week 2, this motivated me to keep doing this activity. For the January sprint, I decided to try the recommended 16 to 8 split. That meant 330 hours of fasting in 3 weeks. And now it is pretty much a habit. I don't set it as a sprint goal anymore. I used the same approach for my podcast. Back in December, I wanted to launch the podcast. Then I had to learn how to record episodes and get into the weekly routine. Right now, as you can see, there is a fresh episode every Monday. And recording a podcast is a part of my weekly routine. I also implemented sprint planning to build my website. Each sprint has specific goals and features I'm working on. My website is not perfect, but it's improving every single month. And most importantly, I don't procrastinate. Under the traditional method, I would want my website to be perfect before it goes live, and this pressure would paralyze me. Under the sprint planning, I know the exact pages, exact features I'm working on during the next three weeks. And I know I only have three weeks to get them done, and I can improve on them later. They don't have to be perfect right away, but they have to be live by the end of the sprint. If you want to see more examples of sprint goals, you can download my free one-week planning guide available on monthlymethod.com. You can plan your next week using the monthly method. The free PDF guide will walk you through the exact same process I follow for my sprint Planet. The link is in the show notes. Have a great week, everyone. Please subscribe if you want to get a freshly baked episode delivered to you next Monday. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you want to ask a question, leave a comment, or share something interesting, please use the link provided in the show notes. I look forward to hearing from you and answering your questions in the upcoming episodes.